When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's whimsically volatile. Ah, ah, ah. Hey everyone, how you doing out there? Well, the news doesn't seem to be taking a turn for the better, does it? So uh, maybe we'll skip talking about the news today. And what day is it? Does it matter? Uh, it's a day, and when the last time I talked with you was another day. There's been a few days in between the times I've talked with you, and uh, that's because I hit the wall. Now I hit the wall when I had that anxiety attack that I outlined on the last episode, but turns out I hit the wall so hard. I actually busted through it like the Kool-Aid man. We all know the Kool-Aid man, right? You getting hot? Yeah. You getting thirsty? What happens when you do that? Well, turns out you get little shards of drywall and brick stuck in your ass, emotionally anyway. So a few days ago, I uh, was about to record an episode, this episode, what would have been this episode, and then I was doing some dishes, but there was this sort of funk that was just growing. It was brewing, fermenting. And thankfully, unlike the day I talked about it with the anxiety attack, I could feel myself at the top of the slide about to rocket downwards into uh, terror town. So thankfully, I stopped everything and I called a friend. I called my friend Tom. My friend Tom, who you heard on the show when he came over to bring me a lovely care package of gloves and uh, masks and hand sanitizer. Of course, there was a socially distant visit. That was uh, him by the balcony with uh, appropriate mask and gloves. Me with a little piece of t-shirt wrapped around my face. So, I called Tom. And I just told him where I was at. What I was feeling and what I was hoping to avoid feeling. And it uh, turned out he had uh, had some very similar thoughts. We had some really crazy dark thoughts. Which, of course, were inspired by current events. You know, possible outcomes of things. Um possible things that will not happen, all of that stuff. I mean, I could outline them, but what's the point, really? I mean, there were dark thoughts that I'm sure you've had during this time as well, and they're nothing that need to be specifically brought up. So uh, that happened, and then after that, I was still, like, shaky. Nowhere near as bad as the uh, anxiety attack I had the previous episode. I just want to remind everyone of that, just in case you're concerned, because I did get a few lovely notes of concern, many actually of concern, and I want to thank you for all of those. And we'll be getting to some lockdown feelings in a few, but I just want to catch you up on where I've been and where I've been at. I mean, I've been here. <laughs> Lest anyone think that maybe I've been dipping in and out of the place, I have been here. 
uh, just like everyone else listening to this. Because again, you're a sophisticated crowd, and a sophisticated crowd knows just what to do. And that, in this instance, is stay in. I mean, of course, many people have to go to the store. I actually do have to go to the pharmacy to get my prescription refilled. Now, I have to check the mail that's currently um, detoxing on my balcony. I'm very thankful to have had the prescription mailed to me by the doctor's office. That's right. That's where it comes from. And also, guess who is going to be taking me to the pharmacy? Tom. Tom said that he'd be happy to do that. And that was something that took me a little while to ask because it's weird. I feel like that's such a big ask now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Will you give me a ride somewhere? It has a whole new vibe to it. And Tom had suggested also a socially distant visit, which I think I am due for because, yes, we had that balcony chat, but that lasted about as long as it lasted on the show. It's really not a lot of interfacing. And since I got home from London, outside of the trip to the pharmacy, the two trips because I forgot my passport at home, and my trip to the supermarket, I really have not seen anyone. Well, there was the mailman when I had to sign for that package, but that doesn't really count as a restorative, uh, you know, rejuvenating kind of uh, interaction, does it? So we will, at some point this weekend, take a trip to the pharmacy. And maybe I'll bring my wireless mic with me and we'll, we'll capture that whole thing for posterity because part of the fun of uh, getting the medication that I get for ADD is that they won't tell you over the phone whether or not they have it in stock. Most of the time, anyway, they will not tell you. I usually like to go to my local mom and pop pharmacy, West Knoll Pharmacy. They're fabulous people. When you're eventually able to come to Los Angeles and need to fill a prescription, go to West Knoll Pharmacy on Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood. But the trouble with them is that they do have it, but they only have the brand name, and the brand name is shockingly expensive. And with my medication, Adderall, the generic version is actually terrific. So I have to go to Walgreens, and it's not a big deal having to go to Walgreens. I'm happy to do that. I just wish they would tell me whether something is in stock or not. So I don't have to go down there and wait in line only to be told they don't have it because then I have to go to another pharmacy and the game goes on and on. And of course, the less exposure I have to anyone else, the better and the better for them. Also, once I give you all of my personal information, my social security number, my name, my address, uh, and you pull me up on your computer and you see that I'm in your files, maybe I'm not a big risk for someone that's going to come in and and, uh, rob the place. So please, in this era especially, calm down with that. If Walgreens is listening, the entire company is listening right now, please just take that note and uh, apply it. And who knows, maybe I can call and I'll get a staff member who's not so uptight and um, misguided. And they will actually let me know whether or not it's worth the whole big trip to go down there to refill my prescription. Obviously, I know that a lot of people are having to make many more trips to the store than I do, and I am thankful that I can basically stay here and not go anywhere. But back to what I was saying about how it's maybe time for me to actually chat with another person in the same room at a safe distance or some kind of version of uh, the same sidewalk and uh, safe distance. I think it's really getting to me. And that's part of the reason I hit the wall so hard, just like this guy. Cool-Aid 
ice cool. Lemon ice, Arctic green apple. Kool-Aid, with the cool you can feel. Where's the fire? No fire here. You again? Oh, yeah. But, you know, he's made a very, very, very hard, impenetrable, possibly medical glass, which is apparently uh, in short supply, which is one of the reasons they're having some concerns about the uh, possible upcoming vaccines, which, here's hoping, are made faster than any other vaccine in the history of vaccines. Which reminds me, Bill Gates. just want to say thank you, Bill Gates. Bill Gates and Melinda Gates and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They're doing a tremendous amount. You know, uh, They're doing the most, maybe. And they're private citizens. So, thank you again, Bill Gates. So that was that day. But it wasn't over. It wasn't over yet. Because even though I avoided going right down the chute, the adrenaline had sort of entered the picture. And so I knew I wasn't really going to be able to get to sleep real soon. So I watched a movie. Most important thing I can do in these situations, it turns out. Well, not most important. Calling a friend is the most important. But then part two of the therapy procedures watch a movie. And what movie did I watch? I watched a movie very near and dear to my heart called Night Shift from 1982. And man, oh man, was it wonderful to watch that movie again. I first saw that in the theater with my brother and uh, I I was six. He was not. He was older. That's how we could get into a rated R film. And I have loved that movie ever since. It's a very pro-sex worker film. It's uh, got hookers, Henry Winkler, Michael Keaton, Shelley Long, and the theme song by Quarterflash, or rather performed by Quarterflash, co-written by Quarterflash and Mr. Burt Bacharach and Ms. Carol Bayer Sager. So, it's quite a confection. Night Shift is also the first major studio film directed by Ron Howard. It's a terrific film, and guess what it's going to be? It is going to be the focus of a movie club. I watched that. I had donuts. They weren't the best donuts. It was, it was kind of late at night at this point. But I got a couple cheap yum-yum donuts. Nothing against yum yum donuts maybe they have some better options available if you don't just order the half dozen of average regular donuts but these were really just make weight in a pinch kind of donuts but they worked uh, enough i had about one and a half the glaze didn't taste much different than the chocolate glazed you know those kind of donuts the ones that are really indistinct and just really kind of gloppy those but i'm happy they were open and i'm happy i could get some because i think Insomnia Cookies was closed, which was a shame. Insomnia Cookies is a good go-to when uh, the hour makes it so it's uh, impossible to get Cake Monkey. And we need these therapeutics, folks. We need them. What are your favorite uh, snack foods for stress? Or stress foods, if you want to call them that. Throw those in the emails, too. And I'm going to be getting to more of those emails in this episode and upcoming episodes because I radically rearranged my schedule this week, today, some sometime... And the reason being is that I had too many calls booked, too many Zoom calls booked. Um, I'm always enthusiastic to get as much done as possible, but of course, sometimes the problem with that is that you overburden yourself, and guess who loves to do that or has a, a knack for it? I don't love to do it, but I'm really good at it. So I pushed a bunch of things to next week and the week after because there was just too many of them, and the trouble then is that they pile up, and then I can't get to edit them, and then that eats into the time that I need to prepare this show in general, meaning these chats and the lockdown feelings. So that's being worked on and I'm not going to beat myself up about it. It's just one of those things like we always talk about, right? 
something's not working, you just figure out, okay, I need to adjust this, I need to reshape it, and I have. So after watching Night Shift and having the one and a half donuts, I was suitably re-inspired. And I had a lot of, um, not anxious energy, and not nervous energy, sort of fried energy. Do you know that kind of, um, you feel good now, but you still got that adrenaline coursing through the system. So I decided to make a video. I made the first in the Wonderful Moments from Terrible Films video. So got some nice uh, stuff out of that feeling. And the reason I was able to is because of the actions taken at the time, which meant downing tools. Nothing good can come from further trying to work when I'm in that state. I won't get the work done, really, and I won't feel good about it, so there's no benefit. Really, the only course of action I've found now, and this has been confirmed by both Night Patrol and then Night Shift, I guess I'm, I'm going to have to watch another night film soon, right? Maybe, uh, what, Night Nighthawks. Nighthawks with Sylvester Stallone and Billy Dee Williams. I've never seen it. Maybe that's the next one. Who knows? Stay tuned. So uh, I made that video and that was fun. And then, oh yeah, then by that time, that's like midday now, the next day, because I couldn't sleep. I kind of know now when that happens. I'm not going to be able to get to sleep. So um, I just have to wait it out and keep myself occupied and entertained. So I went to bed midday and then I slept very soundly and for a long time, which is good because I needed to. So that brings us to yesterday, I think, because then I got up yesterday and I had slept a lot, but I had this tremendous lethargy happening. Uh, I don't know. Also, I uh, maybe the breakfast I ate didn't sit well with me. I'm not totally sure what it was. I mean, you know, the news, all that stuff, atmospheric pressure, and, um, you know, still having a bit of whatever it was that was happening before. Who, who can tell these days, right? So uh, I just wasn't quite there all day, which makes it hard to do this because if you're not here, it's very hard to be here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's hard to be present when you're not here. Even when you can try, some days it just does not work. It will not compute. But like Gabby and I talked about on uh, the segment we did for Digital DragCon, if you just make it through the day, good for you. You know what I mean? Uh, during this time especially. I was really happy to make that stuff for Digital DragCon. I hope you enjoyed it. But then I, I sort of summoned my energy, uh, turned the ring light on, and presto, it's showtime, folks. Of course, referring to all that jazz. Didn't watch all that jazz yesterday, but I did tape a terrific episode with Ada Zandaton. Ada is a wonderful designer. She makes custom fetish wear, and she once worked with McQueen, used to have a ready-to-wear line, lots of uh, fascinating stuff, and she is a lovely spirit and uh was quite fun to talk to a lot of fun to talk to so uh, that perked me up but uh whatever energy i had in the tank was kind of gone after we finished our chat and that episode will be coming soon so then i sat there i had some tea i had some food oh i even got cake monkey but um that didn't really work <laughs> it just didn't do the trick so if cake monkey doesn't pep me up it's time for bed it's just time for bed. So I went to bed. Then I woke up this morning feeling a lot better, feeling back to pretty much average, normal, you know. So I started recording. And I, I'm sure you can hear the difference from the show that you didn't hear, right? <laughs> the one that didn't get recorded. It's a lot, it sounds a lot different than that show. But anyway, so now we're here. And I'm happy to be here, not where I was a couple days ago. So let's have a little bit of levity. 
I was uh, alerted to the fact that there is a village people song that is not really billed as a village people song. So it's kind of a secret village people song. Ray Stevens, the singer for the village people in their second incarnation, which would be from, what, 1979 through 86? Although that's hard to really say because they did rotate lead singers in the early to mid-80s when they were sort of going through a lot of identity problems. They did have a new romantic phase. Very interesting. We'll get into that at some point on the show because when you need a little bit of levity, new romantic village people cannot be beat. But this guy, Alex Stevens, what did I just, did I say his name right? I'm losing my mind. I'm losing facts and figures by the minute they're pouring out of my ear and I can't get them back. Ray Stevens, right. Alex Briley is the name of the other guy. Anyway, Ray Stevens sings the lead vocal on the theme song for the film adaptation of three Stephen King stories of the book Night Shift. Um, But the movie in that case is called Cat's Eye. Some of you might be familiar with it. Drew Barrymore, James Woods. It's one of those anthology films where the first story is great, the second one's really not so good, and the third one I can never really remember, except for the fact that Drew Barrymore is in it. But my friend Jason Shahan uh, from Nashville, hey Jason, thank you again, he hit me to the fact that the end credit theme song is basically a Village People song, because not only is it sung by Ray Stevens, it's written by Jacques Morali and Henry Bololo, the team behind the Village People, the brain trust, if you will. So if you're a fan of Sex Over the Phone, as you know I am, and I don't just mean the practice of Sex Over the Phone, I mean the song Sex Over the Phone, which I believe you've heard on this series before, you should enjoy this. Cat's Eye.
How great is that? I mean, I listened to that song at least 30 times, 40 times in the last week. And no, don't call the authorities on me on that. They're very busy with other things, okay? Everything's fine. No one needs to know outside of uh, the people listening about that. As far as I can tell, that's the last Village People song, really. And more Village People stuff to come because they're an endless source of fun. And thank you once again to my friend Jason and my love to Nashville. Few things before we get into lockdown feelings that I forgot to mention. During that whole weird fugue state that I described earlier, there was a moment where I had to struggle to get up and get going. And I did the thing that I talk about with Gabby and I may have mentioned earlier in other episodes. I had to talk to myself aloud and say, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to sort of make the bed and then take all the laundry that's been sitting on that other side of the bed that you've not been using for a few days to a week to 10 days, whatever. And we're just going to grab it up in our arms and stuff it into the cabinet. We do not have to sort the socks this go round. Just get it off the bed and tidy up the room a little bit because everything seems like a big chore right now. So let's modify A, our expectations and B, what we need to do, right? Because that way success is guaranteed. I mean, you know, don't let it all slide, but when it's difficult, just modify it, change it a little bit. So I said that aloud. All right, we're going to do that. Now we've done that. Now that feels a little bit better. Now let's get a shower. Okay, we did that. Great. Now let's go make some food and then do a light cleaning of the kitchen. I had I had to do a light cleaning because my cleaning products were not here yet. They are now though, so that's a good thing. I'm waiting for them to be uh, safe to touch. <laughs> They're sitting out on the balcony, of course, detoxing. And then once they are appropriately safe to be touched, I will be doing some house errands. Yes, I will be doing a full deep clean of the kitchen and the bathroom. One of the things I got is the Spray 9 disinfectant degreaser. Oh, happy day. It's like a Christmas. And then I also got the Swiffer dusters. And more importantly, the Swiffer wet mop refills. So I'm looking forward to a very, very uh, shiny clean kitchen and bathroom. Not that the bathroom is gross or anything right now. It's been maintained, but there's only so much you can do when you don't have all of the cleaning supplies. So I'm looking forward to everything being absolutely sparkling and then having my space look like it's ready for company that is not coming over for a very long time. Ooh, this sound can only mean one thing and one thing only. That's right, it's time for the thing that we didn't get to for a few days. The thing that I've really wanted to share with you. The thing that you've been sharing with me. And what's that thing? What's that stuff? Oh my god, it's lockdown feelings. And we begin with Josh Thomas who writes, Thank you for keeping up with Whimsically Volatile during these times. Being a long-time listener, this podcast has been a consistent source of entertainment and positive energy. I think film is a great thing to escape into when the world feels this isolating. I recently watched Noah Baumbach's documentary on Brian De Palma called De Palma, which I highly recommend. And I'm a big fan of his work and would like to know what your favorite underrated Brian De Palma film is. Mine would be Blowout with John Travolta. Again, thank you for keeping up with this podcast. You have a beautiful soul, and I hope you get through this with happiness and good health. Health, not health. He didn't, he did not say health. That was my addition. P.S. Regarding the line, is Don on the phone from Casey Kasem's Meltdown? I believe Don could be one of the American top 40 co-creators in Casey's close friend, namely Don Bastani. 
As far as I was able to research, Don Bastani was the only Don that would have held long-term relevancy during Casey Kasem's time during hosting the Top 40. I hope you enjoyed that little bit of trivia. Well, Josh, let me tell you, I love that little bit of trivia. And I don't know if I said Don Bastani right. I could look it up, but why do that? I would love to hear an interview with Don, especially uh, about what it was like to work with Casey, which I'm sure was a delight most of the time. Do you remember that crazy thing a few years ago where Casey Kasem's uh, body was not being released to the family by the widow or something like that? I can't quite remember what it is, but it's very strange. A very, very weird end to the man's life. But De Palma Films, yes, I love Brian De Palma Films, but I've realized that I'm kind of ignorant of his most recent works. And that would include Mission to Mars, which is not recent whatsoever. But there's that. There's a few. So anyway, I kind of like to save films for my favorite people for a rainy day. But guess what? It's kind of a rainy day now, right? Uh, not technically, because it's very sunny in Southern California at the moment. But uh, you know what I mean. I love Blowout. Blowout is a wonderful film. And it's very bleak. So if you're looking for a cheer-up film right now, Maybe not that one, but it's beautiful. It's so great. It's so well acted and shot. Everything. Everything about it is gorgeous. In terms of my favorite underrated De Palma film. Oh, Wise Guys. I fucking love Wise Guys. Danny DeVito and Joe Piscopo in a mob comedy, right? Um, Captain Lou Albano. Anyone familiar with the, the 80s era, the classic era of the WWF, which apparently is deemed an essential business now so they can operate as long as they don't have an audience. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on with that. But the WWF, when it was fun, uh, featured Captain Lou Albano, who was also in Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun video. He's the larger gentleman with the beard, with the, um, what do you call it? Those things. Those, yes, yes, rubber bands, those things. Rubber bands in his hair and beard. The gruff but lovable fella. That's the one. That also reminds me of a film that's definitely not a Brian De Palma film but it features WWF performers. It's called Body Slam, starring Dirk Benedict, who you might know from the 80s A-Team, as a huckster promoter who is now tasked with uh, running a wrestling shop, basically. And it features loads of WWF people. I don't know if it was officially sanctioned by the WWF. I don't know if that sort of shit was going on then. For instance, when The Rock was in first in films, Vince McMahon got an automatic producer or executive producer credit and money because they were using his talent. That's why Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I think, changed his name fully or somewhat. I'm not sure, but that's why he's not The Rock anymore. And good for him. Because that's a little ridiculous. You know what I mean? A little gross of Vince McMahon. And another film, if you're interested at all in wrestling, and even if you're not interested in wrestling, which you'd like to see about the backstage reality of performers in that regard, Beyond the Mat is a terrific documentary. It's quite difficult to watch at times, but gripping. I actually went to two of the WWF things. I can't remember what they're called. They're not meats? I, I don't know. Meats and cheeses? No, uh, not a WrestleMania because that's like their big Super Bowl-ish thing. But whatever they did when they would go to a uh, an arena, I went to two of those. And at one of them, there was a surprise appearance by Andre the Giant. And I was sitting in the loge section, which is that section that's sort of right up off the floor. And um, he made a surprise appearance at the Boston Garden, or was it the Worcester Centrum? Well, one of them. He was at one of them, and I was at one of them at the same time. So whichever one it was, he showed up, and he was over, I think, one loge area from where I was. So it was really remarkable to see Andre the Giant in person and 
so near to me because he really was big. There's no denying that. Uh, so that was great. And also it was a lot of fun because he made a surprise appearance. He you know, stormed up to the stage or did he walk slowly? Either way, very impressive. Don't remember a single thing else about that. Uh, Hulk Hogan, I don't think was there or maybe he was, but I don't remember him being there. Back to the lockdown feelings. Thank you, Josh. Uh, I'm happy to keep up with the podcast. It's uh, good for me too. And I'm really touched, tickled maybe even, that it uh, has the effect that it seems to have uh, for people. That uh, that really moves me and I'm thankful for that. And I'm really thankful that I can talk to you right now. So I also felt a little bad not having shows up for a few days. But as I outlined earlier, sometimes there's just nothing you can do. You can try. I definitely tried. But it wasn't happening. And when it's really not happening, the best thing to do is don't try too hard. Don't fight it. Don't fight that feeling too hard. Just go to bed. And things will be better after you go to bed. I might be saying that more for myself than anyone else, but hey. And to circle all the way back, wise guys. My brother and I used to quote something from that movie all the time. Maybe when I chat with my brother on an upcoming episode, we'll talk about that. That would be fun. He's going to appear on the Night Shift Movie Club as well because he took me to see that. And I always have a very, very, very strong association uh, of that with him, of the film with him. Yeah, right? Okay, so we move on to Isaac Sund, who writes, Dear Craig and friends, I've been working from home after a separation with my partner. However, my parents, who are both educators, have been home since the closing of the schools in Iowa. All I want to do is be able to go to a coffee shop, get a nice coffee, and smoke cigarettes in my car while I'm listening to my favorite podcast, Heart Emoji and watch the people go by. I'm taking it one day at a time, but I hope everyone is staying well and strong. Thank you for all you do and for being a real ray of light in these bizarre times. Love, Isaac. Isaac, thank you. It's really beautiful what you said. If I'm a ray of light for you in the day, I'm thankful for that. And I hope that you do get to go drive at least near the coffee shop. Can you go park by the coffee shop? Make some coffee, put it in a thermos, take it with you, right? Then drive near the coffee shop and listen to this podcast, maybe this episode right now, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, fire up a smoke. But make sure you open the windows. But I'm glad that you've had the time since your separation to get used to being alone, you know? Because separations, as I've talked about before, they can fuck you up in ways that you didn't expect because you're happy to not be with them, but now you don't know sort of what to do with yourself, and all that time that was usually spent not having fun with that other person. It sounds like you get along well with your parents. That's what I get from this. And it's just that you want a little time to yourself. And that's very fair. So my love to you. And I hope uh, you and your family are having a good day today. And then we move along to Holly G. Hey, Holly G. She writes, Dear Craig, I would like to start out like many others by thanking you for taking this opportunity to not only be vulnerable with us as listeners, but also giving us a platform to reciprocate that vulnerability. Quarantine has been tough. I've struggled with undiagnosed mental illnesses my entire life, and I've always felt as though I have little to no positive coping mechanisms. However, I have at times been very impressed with my ability to cope during the situation. I'd say that on a normal day, I feel like a godless heathen floating through time and space at best, and at first I did feel a little extra unhinged. College graduation was never important to me until I realized... It would be the last opportunity I'd have to see most of my friends all in one place. So when I realized that wasn't happening or going to happen, I was a mess. Admittedly, I'm a very dramatic person, and I found myself crying and wailing on the floor like I had just watched a horrific accident. 
It's kind of funny to think about how dramatic that was now. The same day in-person classes were canceled was the same day we got the announcement for the cancellation of DragCon. I had put in a deposit for my booth way back in December and was just getting ready to put down the final payment. I'd been hoping to essentially debut my brand at DragCon, so it was tough to feel like all that preparation was for nothing. I've since shifted my focus and told myself that I would use this additional year to get my pussy real tight and be even better prepared than I would have been this year. While this COVID-19 stuff has been happening, I also found out that I have mono for probably, oh, the sixth time in my life. I'll save you the boring backstory, but essentially most people get mono once, and then even though the virus remains in the body, their immune system will build up the antibodies to keep the virus inactive. My body, though, doesn't seem to be able to do that, and the doctors don't know why. I am lucky, though, because the symptoms that I'm experiencing from this particular flare-up are relatively mild compared to previous times. Mostly, I'm just extremely tired. While right now is as good of a time as ever to be stuck on bed rest, that isn't easy for me. I still have a considerable amount of work to do for my classes. One of my only positive coping mechanisms that existed in my daily life is exercising and doing yoga because that really helps my anxiety. And I I just don't have the physical capability to do that right now. And on top of all that, I have a pretty shitty relationship to my body and a history of eating disorders. And I can't cook for fucking shit, so eating is just like an annoying and stressful fact of life at best. Sure, this all sounds very bleak, and while many days have not been easy, in many ways I feel very proud of myself. When DragCod was cancelled, I put my foot down and promised myself that as soon as it was safe, I was taking a trip to LA as a graduation present to myself, because you know what? I fucking deserve it. And you know what? That's normally not something I would allow myself the luxury of saying. Despite my anxiety... I have not allowed the virus to put the fear in me, mostly. Of course, I've been following the CDC guidelines, but I really feel like everything will be okay in time. I've been setting aside time every day to do things I enjoy, like take a long bath, paint, do my hair and makeup, watch the unrated version of Jennifer's Body, and then comparing it to the theatrical version of Jennifer's Body, because yes, I do own both versions on Amazon, and I also do whatever else tickles my fancy. I've been very patient with myself, which isn't something I'm always good at. Additionally, I've essentially stopped drinking. Now, while drinking was never really a problem for me, I feel that I'm much better off not drinking at all, which is something that has come from not drinking while in quarantine. All of that sounds pretty good to me for someone who is at times coping with the fact that I'm graduating into what is probably going to be a shit economy and job market. But no, even though Mr. Fuckhead President feels differently, I do not think that any of this should be put above human life. Jesus fuck, and fuck you, Trump. On a slightly less related note, a while ago on the Jessica Harper episode, I believe, I commented in Hot Dog Club that I'm a fashion design student, and I did a Suspiria-inspired collection, and you had told me that I should email in some pictures of it. Well, I never did get around to doing that, so guess what? Better late than never, I suppose. Thank you for reading all of this. I would have forced myself to edit down if you hadn't said in the podcast that we didn't need to worry about that. I actually feel really much better after writing this out. I have been a listener and a hot dog clubber since pretty much the beginning. Before COVID-19 hit the US, I got to be a guest on my friend's radio show and talk about and play drag queen music. She said I was one of the better guests they had because of my ability to keep the conversation going, And I think I have to credit listening to your podcast for that because I certainly do not listen to the radio. Sending you a lot of love, Holly G. Holly, I'm sending you all the love, a lot of love, and then two lots of love, job lots of love I'm sending to you. All of that is so beautiful. And uh, let me break it down. Well, I appreciate the credit that you give me uh, for your acuity at um, being on a radio show. I'd like to hear one of those sometimes. So 
If you have a recording of one, please send it to me. And I'm looking forward to looking at your Suspiria collection. And if you'd like, I can share some of those with the gang. I mean, I'll be looking at them, but after this, it wouldn't be right to look at them. That would not be good audio for me looking at pictures. Being patient with yourself is the best thing you can do. Also, being gentle with yourself. Those two go hand in hand. That way they can skip down the road together. Or the lane. I guess it's better to skip down the lane, right? You don't want to skip down the road, particularly a high traffic. Or a lane, right? You want to skip down the lane. You don't want to do it down the road because, uh, especially in a high traffic area, it could be dangerous. But right now, maybe not that much traffic. So I guess any roadway would work. You know, putting a stop to the drinking, good for you. And if you find that it's working for you, even better. And anything that's working for us, why not continue to do it, right? And if that means continuing to not do something, you know what I'm saying. And while you're accurate in that, you're likely not going to see all those folks in the same place at the same time again. That doesn't mean that you can't maintain contact with them. And maybe have a reunion before most people have reunions, you know? Usually it's a 5 to 10 to 15 year span of time that people wait before reunions but since you're all not going to be able to have a graduation party etc maybe you'll be able to have one at a later time maybe put a message thread out see if you can get a uh, email thread happening and maybe you could do a zoom thing in the meantime now obviously that doesn't take the place of face-to-face interaction but it's the best we can do right now and it does work it's a nice thing i've had some lovely chats on zoom there's a lot of talk about zoom being possibly bad for your brain or scrambling your brain maybe it is i don't know but it works in the meantime for me i have had post zoom melancholias but you know do i want to avoid the melancholia to the point that i don't want to do the zoom probably not sorry to hear about the mono especially that it's recurring that's a drag so whatever progress you're making in terms of work and everything even more impressive because you have this thing that's making you exhausted all the time And I appreciate your attitude to it. It's like, this is something that happens to me. And that's just, that's how it is. And I just deal with it. Good for you on that one. You know, and obviously you're allowed to and encouraged to feel shitty about something, but don't let that be the dominant emotion. You know, we have to cycle through those feelings of feeling bad about something, but never let it get to self-pity because self-pity is a terrible quicksand trap. And it doesn't really have a function. It doesn't lead to something good. Anger can lead to something good. As John Lydon said, anger is an energy. This is true. Uh, Depression can lead to sometimes a good thing. There's possibilities with those. Self-pity, nope. Can't do a thing with that. I guess overall, I want to say, Holly, that I'm really happy to hear that you're recognizing your accomplishments because you are accomplishing a lot. You do have positive coping mechanisms and you're adding to your arsenal all the time. And for that, you should give yourself a round of applause. You know, do a little dance. Any any of that stuff. Maybe the dance isn't right right now because of the mono. That might be too tiring. I don't know. But you should feel good about that, and I'm glad you do. And then we move on to Lewis, who writes, Howdy, hi, hello, Craig. I just wanted to say I missed you whilst you were gone, but I'm super duper thankful you took the time to heal, and I'm so happy to be a hot dog clubber. Now, Lewis, of course, is referring to, I believe, the time in London where I had to stop everything, but I guess could also be referring to the last few days where there really wasn't much in the way of postings. But we talked about that earlier. We know what happened, and we move on to the rest of Lewis's message. He says, I joined about episode 13, but hey, it's not a competition. No, it's not a competition. Actually, Lewis, it's a competition. 
So uh, we'll let you know your score later on. But anyway, uh, he writes, I look forward to the Lockdown Dairies. No, not the Lockdown Dairies. I don't know what those are, but we're going to start one soon. Maybe it's a nice side business. So he says, I look forward to the Lockdown Diaries daily. Whoops. Well, (laughs) not this week, but they will. They'll be back to daily. And he says, and I want to say a huge thank you for everything that you do. I don't know if you realize how appreciated it is. Thank you so much. I can't wait for your episode with Cheryl Hole or the uh, upcoming movie club episode on Star is Born with Willem. Lots of love from Lewis and Phoebe. And uh, my love to Lewis and Phoebe. And Lewis, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate that. And it's lovely of you to ask if I know how appreciated it is or if I realize it. And I think I do. And um, I'm really grateful for that. And I, I want to say thank you again to everyone, especially Hot Dog Club. I got to thank Hot Dog Club again because you know why, right? Because they're the ones bringing you this series. That's right. Thank you, Hot Dog Club. And we'll be talking more about Hot Dog Club in a little bit. But Lewis, back to your point. Thank you. And I I felt bad being away. And I I think I mentioned that before, but I did. And I didn't like this week either that I I was away for the daily thing. But things have been adjusted and reimagined, reshaped. And the daily thing is going to be back to daily. And there won't be as many guests each week. But that makes sense because... A daily show, we're talking about lockdown feelings, we're talking about my trips down endless hallway, and and, uh, our times in the quarantine. And again, thank you for the support and the love. And really, there's no uh, race or uh, competition about when you join Hot Dog Club. All that matters is that you do join, right? So if you want to join Hot Dog Club, of course, Hot Dog Club, the group, the community that brings you this series and all of the Craig and Friends shows... Head on over to patreon.com slash Craig and friends and guess what you're going to find there? Yes, entryway into Hot Dog Club, including some brand new tiers. But I'll get into those in a little bit. I want to keep moving with the lockdown feelings. Venetius writes, hey Craig, I want to start this by thanking you for doing this series. It's really helping me cope with all of this craziness. It's so comforting to take my morning coffee listening to you and also re-listening to previous episodes, of course. This past couple of weeks really took their toll on me. I wasn't getting sleep at all, uh, not eating much, and uh, lately all I've been able to do is cry all that out. Switching off the news was also a great idea. I'm not sure if crying is the best response to it, but it sure brought me some relief. I live with my parents in Brazil, and they're in their 70s now, so I'm sure you can imagine the level of anxiety and fear I'm having to deal with, especially considering their vulnerabilities, cardiac issues, etc., Luckily, I'm able to stay at home and keep them company, but just the thought of having to go out and possibly bring the virus home with me scares me to death. It is a daily struggle, but what can you do? You live day by day, catching all little bits of light and joy you can. Like you, I was having some trouble listening to music, in my case just because I fear, quote-unquote, ruining good music by associating it with troubled times. But as I've been feeling better, I've been listening to more of the Swedish pop classics, ABBA and Roxette, of course. And some disco classics, and certainly lots of Brazilian music, especially one of our treasures, Caetano Veloso. Let me know if I pronounce that properly. There's something really uplifting yet soothing about his songs, which is exactly the mood I'm looking for. I hope we all get through this in the best and quickest way possible. I wish all the best to you and all of your loved ones. Venetius. Well, Venetius, uh, that's a lot to deal with, and it's very scary. But you know what? I'm sure they're so happy that you're there with them and that you're helping to take care of them and also that you're just there with them because it's a scary time to be away from family you know a lot of thoughts go through our heads about whether we're going to see each other again and all sorts of really dark stuff like that i've been thankful that i've been able to 
chat on the phone with my mom and dad, and I actually got to call my mom in a little bit. Maybe she'll come on the show. Yeah, I bet she would. That'd be fun. And um, it is scary, you know, just especially thinking, what if I'm the one who brings it to them? But I'm sure you're following all the guidelines and everything and being as careful as possible. And that's really all you can do. You just do everything that you can do. And it sounds like you're doing that. And I'm glad that you're able to listen to some pop music again. And I'll have to check out the Brazilian artist you mentioned. And let me know if I said the name right. I always uh, love to know. And I know what you mean about that feeling about, am I going to ruin good music by associating it with this bad time? What I've found is it's better to just dive into whatever's working for you at the time. I've done that thing before where I'm like, I got to save this record. I should listen to this at a better time when I'm in a better place. So I want to, the only way to do it is just put it on, just put it on and uh, deal with it later. Most of the time you'll be able to recontextualize anything that you might find or consider or worry about being ruined. You know, later on, when you're in a, a better time, the the soundtrack to To Live and Die in L.A., for instance, I've gotten deep into that record in different phases of my life, and one of them was really bad, really bad, a uh, time I don't want to think about. And I put it off listening to it again. But then I put it on, and uh, outside of like a mere twinkle of something that floated through my thought process, it was all fine, and I was able to enjoy it for what it is again. So I think you'll be able to do that. And in terms of the past couple of weeks taking their toll, uh, I'm with you on that. I know the feeling. And I know that you wrote this a couple of weeks ago. So the weeks in the interim between when you wrote this and now must have just been about as jolly as those weeks. So Venetius, check back in. And to everyone whose email I've read on Lockdown Feelings, check back in, please. I want to keep track of where you're at, what you're doing, and uh, where your head is. And we move along to Vita. Hello, Vita, who writes, Hi, how are you? Well, hello again, and uh, thank you for following up. Like I just said, please follow up. I love a follow-up. Vita continues by saying, Last Thursday, the government finally paid the basic income for people who receive the equivalent of less than three minimum wage salaries per family in the informal job market, which would be freelancers or people who don't have regular registered jobs, which is almost half the population. My partner and I are part of that category, so we should both receive it. He already got his income, and I should receive mine next Tuesday. They deposited the equivalent of what I usually spend at the supermarket each month. I'm not a big spender at the supermarket, but I have all my meals at home because I already work from home. What's really crazy to me is that all the anxiety went away as soon as we got that payment. I come from a middle-class family and only experienced instability when my parents split a few years ago. I used to have a regular job, but now I work with my partner, and our income is very unstable. And this is usually very scary for me. And with this crisis, of course, it got worse. I was quite angry and extremely sad. And that's why my first email to you was a bummer. But Vita, you know what? It's okay. That's the whole point of this whole thing. And I want to remind everyone listening, write how you're feeling. It doesn't matter if it sounds like something that is appropriate to say to others. It doesn't matter. It's how you're feeling. Mad, happy, angry, uh, bitter, whatever it is, send it to me. I mean, don't be bitter at me. That, that wouldn't be fun to write me. And it wouldn't be fun for me to read, but uh, pretty much any feeling you're having, you know, and listen, there's some people that got pissed at me about what I said about Joe Biden's campaign and more to the point, the reason why we have to vote for whoever is opposing Donald Trump. I'll get into that soon. I will read the angry comments uh, from the twatter, uh, but uh, not for right now. That's something I'll get into after I get some more of these lockdown feelings under our belts. So anyway, Vita was mentioning her email being a bummer. It's fine, you know? And you had written back after that saying that me reading it 
helped you to um, rethink some of the things that you were feeling or, 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 or get a different perspective on it, which to me is a great gift. And I'm really happy to hear that, right? Because that's what all this is about. We're sharing with our friends and friends help each other. So that's that. Anyway, she continues by saying, having received that small income made me feel so much better and safe. I'm even working better and I have a better mood. I'm still very scared about my family, especially my mother who lives alone in a different state and does not have private health care. She's been doing volunteer work during the crisis and I'm afraid because she has to take a bus to get there, things might happen. I I try to talk to her, but she doesn't listen to me. I lost myself a little. I'm sorry. What I meant to say was universal income is very important. No, actually, Vita, let me say you didn't lose yourself. You made some really good points there. One of which is if you are having financial insecurity and stability, your level of terror is amplified exponentially. I have had things like this many times. And once you get a chunk of money in, it doesn't have to be a phenomenal sum. It just has has to be something that you feel security from. It changes everything. And so, as many of us are going through it right now, that's something to keep in mind when we're out of this era and hopefully back to a happier place financially. When we think about people in really bad off situations, homeless people, people just in low-income situations. Uh, that's the, the sort of empathy that we need to take with us. Uh, not that you're not uh, that way anyway, but it's just something for all of us to think about anyway. She continues by saying, in this capitalist world, the only people who don't worry about money are the ones that have it. Even a small amount that's guaranteed every month can make a difference for people's mental health. In a previous communication, Vita had mentioned to me something about how she could rely on the show to take her out of a very down mood and uh, transport her into a state where she felt like dancing, partly, I guess, based on the content of the show and also the bops that close out these episodes, which I was really thrilled to see because that's my goal. That's what I want, right? I want to I want to make myself feel better. I want to help you feel better. After writing me that, she recalled that when she was having a rotten time during her parents' divorce, she used to dance around her house even with no music playing and that she finds dancing ridiculously soothing, or dancing ridiculously very soothing. I do too. It's a great thing. If you're kind of feeling fucked up, I love to put on the Rolling Stones and dance around with the sunglasses on. Or other music too, lots of disco. Plenty of things. It does the trick. It works. So ridiculous things, silly things, that's that's what it's all about. That uh, helps us tremendously. And she signs off by saying, thank you for sharing this difficult time with us. Love, Vita. Vita, Love to you, and it's my pleasure, and thank you for writing that. Okay, well, I want to get a lot more lockdown feelings in on this episode, but I want to make sure this episode is up before the end of the day. So I'm going to close it out now, and I'm going to do some more lockdown feelings in the next 24 hours. So a lot more coming your way. And as I said, there's some guests coming up. Brooklyn Heights, uh, Silky, uh, taped a lovely show with me. Ada Zandaton. And many, 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 many more coming soon. Michael DeBar. And he's always a wonderful voice to listen to, especially in a time like this. And like I said, we're back to the daily plan. And there'll be a new one tomorrow. And I love you. And I'll talk to you soon.
Shows in the 